Welcome in to George in the Jungle. It is the very first episode here on the Bearcat Journal Network. Under the umbrella here, we have we have seen some shows come and go. We are continuously expanding, trying to give you everything that we can on a menu of options. But without further ado, I am Aaron Smith and George Vogel is joining me here on George in the Jungle. George, I'm excited. I'm excited about this new project. I'm excited to be working with you and excited to see where the conversation goes. Yeah, I'm fired up about it too. Should be a lot of fun. I mean, there's a lot to talk about. There's no doubt about that. Um, and I'm sorry to disappoint that I'm not in that uh, leopard print singlet that was on the <laughs> But I don't think anyone wants to see me in that thing. Trust me. Uh, maybe, maybe some years ago. I don't know. Yeah, long time. <laughs> long I'll time. get you one of those if you'll wear it. I will. <laughs> now, I, 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 you know, I don't let too many dares go by. Fair enough. Well, uh, it's there's been a lot going on here in Cincinnati. And there's certainly plenty to talk about as the Reds are making a playoff push. Bengals season is right around the corner now that preseason is over. Uh, but it is Bearcat Journal Network, so it seems fitting that our very first segment should be about the Cincinnati Bearcats. So you had a chance to go to camp. You had a chance to get your eyes on a lot of new guys on the field. Um, just kind of curious as Eastern Kentucky is a mere five days away yep. and it's an FCS team. I brought up last night on the, uh, Bearcat bounce podcast that Scott Satterfield has been in a position before to take out Goliath as David. So right. I don't think he's taking this lightly at all. And I'm referring to when he was at Appalachian state and right. beat Michigan. Uh, but what do you want to see? What are you excited to see as they kick off on Saturday at three 30 at historic Nippert state? Well, yeah, first of all, it's great that it's a sellout. It's going to be that environment that everybody, the Bearcats, EKU, you know, they've got players from Cincinnati on that team, a handful of them, maybe a few more, it's just going to be incredible for all those people to be in that environment and have that much fun on a Saturday evening to kick off the season. Hey, it all begins with the quarterback play. We know that, and that's what all the eyes are going to be on and see if Emory Jones can make that step to where he's now able to pass the ball with some efficiency. Uh, it hasn't been so consistent in the past. Uh, the day I saw him, he looked darn good, and he looked a lot better uh, than he did in the spring. And, you know, Coach Satterfield certainly attributed some of that, that he's got some people to throw to now. That makes a little bit of a difference than there is that. working with in the spring. And uh, it seems like that wide receiver room is becoming a strength. We're going to find out. Uh, we may not find out Saturday against Eastern Kentucky, but as, you know, once they get the pit, uh, play Miami, then Oklahoma rolls in, we're going to, we're going to learn a lot quickly about this team, but I just want to see the quarterback have a handle on this offense, make the plays, don't make the big mistakes. 
And honest to God, they should win this game fairly handily. And I'm not taking anything from Eastern Kentucky. Really good uh, FCS school, made the playoffs last year. Have a terrific quarterback of their own who uh, has all kinds of school records now and is coming back for, I believe this might be his sixth season. Um, you know, he's uh, certainly got the experience and uh, maybe I, he hasn't seen a lot of what he's going to see Saturday night when that sellout crowd is there, but they'll get a little bit of a test. And as you said, Coach Satterfield's been on the other side of that equation. He knows what the mindset is of a team coming into that environment and, and getting a chance to, you know, make a mark, get a scout, do something right. early in the season that gets everybody's attention and springboards your season into bigger and better things than, than you already expect. So, uh, yeah, they're going to have to be ready for them. I think they will be, and I, I think your point is valid about uh, Coach Satterfield knowing what it's like on that other side, and right. and he knows what it'll take to avoid that kind of a an upset. And I think they have the horses to avoid that upset. Now, you bring up Emory Jones as your first point. What are you looking for specifically out of Emory Jones? How much of the playbook do you want to see against an Eastern Kentucky team? Yeah. Knowing, knowing that Pitt is right around the corner, do you want to open it up a little bit to see what you got, or are you trying to not show your hand? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't want to show everything, but also you want to get this guy off and running. You want to right. get him going and coming out of the gate firing on cylinders and having that confidence that he can get it done and can get it done consistent, consistently. So I think whatever uh, whatever it takes to get it going and, and get that, if they have to open it up as they go along, if things aren't going the way they are and they're not able to buffalo them in the run game, and look, Eastern Kentucky gave up a lot of yards on the ground last year. That was their bugaboo. And if, if UC can just crank that running game up and keep it going and steamroll them that way, Hey, that's fine with me. I'd like to see the kid make some throws and just get some get some confidence going, get something under his belt here before they go to Pittsburgh. But yeah, you don't want to open it all up. But by golly, if you have to, you better if you need it to win. But I just want to see Jones in control of that offense. I want to see that running game blow up like it should against Eastern Kentucky and uh, just get out of there with a big win and be feeling good heading into Pittsburgh because – that's going to be the first really big, big test, I think, for sure. this Bearcat team. How's it make you feel today that Emory Jones and Pete Thomas both said in their uh, pressers, I guess, yeah. uh, that this is the best receiver room that either of them have been a part of? I did not think I was going to hear that this year about three, four <laughs> months ago. I'll tell you that right now. I agree. I, and, agree. And I, I was impressed with them at higher ground. I was very impressed with them. Um yeah, they've got some guys there. They've got some playmakers, and it looks like, you know, they, they, they've got the guys for the slot. They've got the guys for the outside. They've got some size. They certainly have some speed there. Um, it's it's going to be exciting to see that play out, and they are in so much better shape than I thought they were going to be at wide receiver. Now, uh, hopefully what those guys say is true. I expect the quarterback to certainly say that. Um Coaches, you know, they, they don't like to throw it out there too much, but the fact that they that they are throwing it out there leads me to believe that uh, they have a lot of faith in those guys, and that's a good thing coming into the season because they're going to need it. They are going to need it. With what they lost last year and what went to the NFL draft, uh, it's tough to overcome that. It's tough to bounce right back. Uh, thank God for the transfer portal, I guess, now uh, in this day and age that UC can replenish the way they were able to at that position. 
Um, so I, I'm anxious to see it. And, you know, we'll see where Evan Prater fits in that uh, equation. You know, the two deep comes out, the unofficial, and and there he is, you know, right. a second string. And, and, you know, he merits that from what I saw out of higher ground. I was going to say, you you were there, and when you came on with us uh, on the nightcap about a week and a half ago, or however long it was at this point, um, the days all run together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you 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 spoke glowingly about Evan Prater, so I feel like you're probably the least surprised person right now that he's number two on the depth chart. Yeah, I am. After what I saw, uh, yeah. Um, you know, he, he showed a feel for the position. He showed... Uh, you know, he just had that sense of what he's supposed to be, where he's supposed to be, and how he's supposed to do it. Contested catches, coming back to the ball. Um, you know, it's so easy for a guy to just sit there and wait for the ball to come to him, especially an inexperienced receiver. He's already coming back and grabbing that thing and turning it upfield. I, I just – I was really impressed with him. Um, so it, it's good that they're in this position. Uh, I still – People ask me, what do you think of the Bearcats? Somebody asked me today, how are they going to be this? I, I don't know. I mean, it really, <laughs> they are throwing a bunch of different ingredients in there. I think yeah. the defense is going to be awfully good. Um, uh, you know, it's really nice when 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 you have a defensive line and you look at that too deep and, and one of the guys allegedly second string, although they're going to rotate like crazy, I'm sure, uh, Malik Van. I mean, how do you get a guy like that? <laughs> that's not at the top of the chart. And that just tells you how, how good and deep this defensive line is. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like you had a chance to look over the depth chart and the, the yeah. too deep, if you will. Um, any surprises there? Anything that stood out to you as you ran your eyes over it for the first time? Well, you worry a little bit about the offensive line and, and, you know, they've got experience starting, um, not so much right behind them. And those are guys, I think, that if, if if what I understand to be the case, there there's some people they can move around and play different positions. And so it's not just like, you know, you're stuck. And if you see, you know, an inexperienced player on the 2D, it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be the first guy off the bench at that position. Um, but that that that's a little concerning, I think, when you look at it. Um but then on the flip side of that, when you see some of these guys that aren't starting and some of the talent they have, like I said, see, you know, the, the Malik Van example and, and then seeing, you know, Evan as a second stringer. And then, uh, you know, you, you've got a guy and, and I'm sure they're going to rotate those running backs too. you know, a guy with the talent of Miles Montgomery, who's uh, uh, Corey Kiner listed number one. But I, I, I got to think it's going to be a lot of interchangeable parts high hand playing, uh, depending on, you know, what the situation is, what the defenses are doing, whose strengths work best against that defense. They've got a lot of options there. And, and when you look at that too deep, there's a lot of options up and down. Just the only scary part, like I said, is the experience at offensive line. But, um, and, you know, you're not sure about these receivers yet. Yeah, you know, talk is cheap. They look really good. It's practice, all that. We'll see where they are, but but you know the eyeball test of me, I think they're in pretty good shape there. I'm I'm really excited to see what this offense has, and we've pl talked plenty about the offense, but I'm also excited to see what Brian Brown and this defense does. So as we switch gears a little bit, what are you looking forward to seeing 
on the defensive side with a guy who's there's been a lot of talk, not just locally, but nationally about what Brian Brown was able to do last year at Louisville and how just a turnover machine on the flip side of that coin. They also gave up some big plays. Uh, he's got a lot of returning pieces on the defense, especially compared to what the offense has returning as it's just Gavin Gerhardt of the starters. Yeah. But uh, what, what are you excited to see as far as the defense goes? I want to see opposing quarterbacks with eyes this big. You know what I mean? Yeah. That guy turned it loose at Louisville with those guys up front. And I expect him to do the same here. And he's got the horses to do it. And I think they I can wreak all kinds of havoc. What I saw them doing, you know, against the run game in certain situations. Uh, and again, you're going against your own team, but they're stout. They're so stout. And we know who they've got up front. You know, Corleone, Briggs, you just got Eric Phillips. I mean, they, they, they're they stacked, man. And, uh, you know, you bring in Dorian Jones. I mean, those linebackers are liable to have a lot of fun this year. Uh, <laughs> you know, making tackles and, and running free to make plays uh, because those guys up front present a lot of problems. So I want to see them get after it and get after it good, keep these offenses on their heels. Um, it's going to be exciting because, as you brought up, the amount they did give up big plays, but the the amount of turnovers they forced, and I, mm -hmm. I mean, they, I think I saw one game last year. I forget I was reading about it, but they had like three interceptions in one quarter, and it's just stuff like that. And then, you know, it just reminds me of, of this UC defense where they had those stout defensive backs, and they're not exactly weak there now either. They're still pretty darn strong back there. Right. I, it just makes me really look forward to what they can do when it comes to turning that ball over. Because if you get that quarterback on the run and you have him doubting himself and trying to make plays under pressure, a lot of good things can happen, especially when you have people with a nose for the ball like Deshaun Pace. I mean, it's just he's got to be licking his chops back there with the way this front plays, no doubt about it. I could not agree more, which brings me to my next question for you. We've talked plenty on – our host of, of shows here on Bearcat Journal. Uh, but who do you think is going to have a bigger season? The two names that keep coming up are arguably Deshaun Pace or Dante Corleone. To George Vogel, who do you think is going to have a bigger season between those two? I think what I did, it's, I'll get hammered for this. Last <laughs> stuff, it's going to be Pace. I mean, he's going to. You know, he's going to take the ball back all the way for touchdowns. He's going to be blocking kicks and all the things he does. Um, and that that's just the nature of the beast with that position as opposed to a guy in there, you know, in a wrestling match on every down. And right. Corleone is going to be a highly sought-after NFL prospect. Um, you know, he, he's going to be he's going to be big time. But you just don't see all that havoc every play like you know it doesn't stand out as much maybe uh, as a guy who's making you know picks and deflecting passes and doing the things Deshaun does and um so so I'll go with him but my god that's like saying you know <laughs> which like thinking which one of your kids is your favorite <laughs> I we talked about this some George what pace has done and one of the staples of college football right now is getting the ball out quick and getting it in the flat and getting it to a running back and letting them cook. 
And Deshaun Pace almost every time destroys that play. Yeah. Like he is so fast when he changes direction and zeroes in on that ball in the air, even though it's only in the air for what? Six, seven yards. Right. He just explodes. Oh it, yeah. It feels like every practice you see him where in a real game, it's going to be super violent. Right. In practice, he kind of, yeah. you know, they ease, ease up a little bit, but and I, I'm with you. Like the number, like Corleone is going to do the dirty work. Yeah. He's going to absorb double teams. He's going to push the pocket back. Like he's going to have a big year, but some of it, Satterfield even said it today, is, is going to be stuff that isn't on the stat sheet. Right. No, that's totally that. That's that position, man. And I, I think Pace is just going to do so much that's on the stat sheet. That yeah. is just, oh. and even if it's not on the stat sheet, we're going to be on this show and on every show on this network talking about it going, can you believe how bad DP lit that guy up in the flat? I, I wonder what it was like in that house. You know, <laughs> the last was on the plate. Like, what in the world went on there? I would have liked to have been a fly on that wall with him and his brother. I mean, my God, they got a nose for the ball. They hit. I mean, they're sledgehammers when it comes to hitting for their size. Um, I, I, I'm telling you what, that had to be a lot of fun to watch them going at it. Yeah, I can't imagine what those fights were like between Ivan and Deshaun. Just. <laughs> surprising they've made it this far you know you, you need to call off school oh my gosh uh but it's, it's good to see Coleraine having that type of success um just we're, we're arguing over which Coleraine player is going to have the bigger impact for your Cincinnati Bearcats so I, I think that that's just a hat tip to what Luke Fickle and his staff, and, and now we're seeing Scott Satterfield and his staff continue on with the hometown heroes, um, largely led by a holdover, which has been Kerry uh, Combs. Yeah, yeah, and Coleraine has had a, a tremendous impact on this program for a long time. They've yeah. had players, you go back 20, 25 years, and they've had guys that, that have made their mark at UC. And, and um, not, not to disparage, I mean, there's East Side kids too, but the West Side's produced a lot of good players for UC over the years. LaSalle's done a nice job, too, um, stocking that Bearcat program. So, you know, something about that part of town, man. They love UC, and, and boy, when they show up in a Bearcat uniform, they seem to get it done. Not that you're biased or anything, right? No, 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 no bias at all. <laughs> I, mean, I grew up on the east side, but it was so I tell people I was so far east, it was like the west side. It was almost like... <laughs> The other side of the world. Uh, <laughs> <far east. laughs> That's fantastic. Um, what do you expect the over under to be? Uh, last night, I think we put it at like 29 and a half. W would you take the over or the under if it was set at 29 and a half? 29 and a half for Cincinnati. Points? Points, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to take the over on that. Okay, I think so it's success on the run game. Yeah. You yeah, expect it to be over on the on the season. Is is that total still four and a half? It, it moved to five and a half shortly after four and a half. It was okay, God, days. It, it was only days before it moved to five and a half. Okay, I think it's it I think to. it's that still was... at five and a half. Um personally, I've put my floor at six wins and my ceiling at eight wins for this team. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, well, I can see seven, eight wins for sure. I, I know that sounds, I mean, if I go down and start marking them, there, I, there's a couple like, eh, you know, I don't know. There's um, some coin flips, for know. sure. I mean, let's face it. Every year you come into a season, and this happens in the NFL too. Um, you know, you, you remember the year uh, a couple years ago when UC played at Indiana. We thought Indiana was going to be a darn good team that year, and and they had some issues. You just don't know until the season unfolds. There's going to be surprises of teams that are a lot better than you thought they would be and teams that just, for whatever reason, fall flat and don't get it done. But I, I can see them. I, I can see seven or eight wins. I really can. I think they are definitely being um, underestimated coming into the season. And, and I get the naysayers because you do have a coaching change. And right. when you're seeing that from afar and, you know, you're not necessarily paying attention to everything that's coming back on defense and what they have up front. You know, you're just looking a new coach. Oh, Luke Fickle won big there. He left for Wisconsin. They're screwed. And they got this guy from Louisville. And he had some success, but not that great overall. And, it, you know, I see where they're coming from with why they say that, but they're just not as in tune as people here in town are to what's actually going on there and, and what they've done. And, and then, you know, to see how they've recovered nicely uh, in the transfer portal with some positions that they really needed help on. Um, I still wish there could have been a little bit more on the offensive line, but I – I'm one of those guys. I, I'm always worried about the line. We'll talk about the Bengals. I'll be worried about the line. I'm telling you, I'll be worried about yeah. line depth. You know, we saw how it crushed them last year. So I'm just, I'm a worry wart when it comes to offensive lines because honestly, you know, I said it starts with the quarterback. It really starts with the offensive line, every offense. I mean, yes, the quarterback is huge. He handles the ball every play, all that. But if you don't have a line, we've seen many a good quarterback. Uh, great quarterbacks in the NFL who couldn't do squat Ola because their line sucked. And until they get a competent line, uh, they're not able to do the things that they're good at doing. So that's why I worry about the line so much. But back that's to fair. the original point that I strayed way far away from. Uh, yes, we're going over on that win total and we're going over on points this week. All right. Well, we'll see what the line opens up at. I don't believe it's actually opened up at this point. Um, in the chat here, it says uh, you can apparently get four and a half on Caesars for minus 125 still. On FanDuel, the odds are a little worse at minus 138. So okay. you still apparently can get that four and a half if you're looking to make some quick money. I think I will. There you go. Um, the last question I have for you about the Bearcats. Um, it's a whiteout, apparently. Uh, are you surprised that it's whiteout, being that we've only seen the black jerseys at this point? Um, we have not even seen white jerseys yet. Um, yeah, and are you excited I, I, to see? Are you excited to see the field with the new stuff on it? I know that you, there's been pictures, oh, obviously, yeah, yeah. With TQL and the Big Twelve on there. Um, I'm I'm excited to see it personally. I'm also excited to see if they do wear white on white on white, or if they do, right. you know some type of combo with the black in there, uh, but it's going to be, I believe 87 degrees or somewhere thereabouts on Saturday. Uh, I don't blame them for going all whites if they, no, if that's the route that they go. Yeah. I, I don't blame them one bit for that. Um, yeah. I, I guess, I don't know. I guess it will be white on white on white. That'll be interesting. If it's a whiteout for the fans, I would be shocked if they didn't yeah, go. What they should do, I guess. Um, I, I'm so partial to those black helmets, though. It's unbelievable. I, I just am so partial to those. Um, but I get it. Um, and, and you know, whatever those kids get excited for to come out there and do and see and play in, I'm all for. 
And yes, seeing, I remember when UC, when it was announced, uh, they were going to the Big 12, and then the next home game, there was that Big 12 flag in the stands. And the, yeah. I think the yeah. cheerleaders had it for a while. And it's like, man, oh, man, I, I, I know, you know, good old AAC is not happy about that, but that's just the yeah. way it is. But to see it actually, the logo planted on the field, and know that time has come, yeah, that's going to be great to see. There is no question about it. Do want to thank Hunter for the donation. Hunter uh, asks, uh, I don't understand all the hype for Central Florida and the just disrespect the Bearcats are getting for this season. Do I just not know ball? Thoughts, George? No, I I, I can see where he's coming from there. And I, I think, you know, UCF's getting a lot, of, a lot of respect, mainly, you know, their coach has got his feet wet down there now. They feel like he's getting things rolling. Um, not that it's going to help him a heck of a lot this year, but – you know, they, they've been hitting it out of the park recruiting wise, you know, for the class coming up. Um, and, you know, Central Florida was pretty darn good last year. Um, I, I, you know, they this guy's doing a good job down there. Gus is doing a pretty good job down there. And I, yeah, he's, I, he's... I, I think that, uh, you know, that Bearcat game in November, that's going to be a war. I think by the time they get to that thing, they could be playing for something there. Um, that, that's going to be interesting to see uh, how Central Florida holds up during the season. But I, I, I he, he's right. Central Florida is getting a lot of respect, and I don't know, maybe it's a little over the top for them, and UC's kind of getting a little bit of disrespect here. But uh, we'll yeah, the media out, picked UC, you know. media picked UC at 13. So I, I'd, I'd certainly call that a little disrespect. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It is a lot of disrespect, to be honest. Um, but again, it's people who don't live here. They know the coach left. The big successful coach went to yeah. Wisconsin. You know, they bring in this guy that was at Louisville. They lost some guys, and and uh, they just it, it, that's just how unfortunately it works. Should it work that way? No, heck, no, it shouldn't. Um, but that's personally. Okay. I'm excited about it, though. I, I'd, I'd rather they be coming in with that type of a chip on the shoulder. This team is built to have a chip on their shoulder. Absolutely. You know, and, so, and this city is, and, and the Bengals do a good yeah. job of using that stuff. And, I mean, think about that. In the NFL, there are no secrets, or there shouldn't be, and they still, last year, had to put up with some stuff. And, and, and some of it, Zach might make a little more out of it than it is, but his team thrives off of it, so that's why he doesn't. And and people do thrive when they feel like they've been disrespected or not a lot is expected of them. They'll, they'll, you know, it's human nature to just buck up and prove people wrong. And, and I don't have a problem with that. Well, it sounds like you're ready to switch gears. So let's switch over to the Bengals as the, the preseason is ended. It is officially over behind us. There have been a, a couple games in the preseason, not for the Bengals, but a couple games that were canceled due to injury. Apparently that's a thing now that we're going to yeah. have to, to see. I, I hope we don't ever see anything like that in the regular season again. But right. uh, the 53-man has been officially announced. We have seen what it looks like today. Who knows what it looks like tomorrow as right. the – uh, waiver wire will open up and you'll well first you'll have free agents i suppose um i don't know that there's an actual waiver wire yeah there is there, there there's guys that uh there's guys the bengals cut today that will be exposed to waivers and other teams can claim 
and put them on their 53-man. And the Bengals, vice versa. If they, you know, see something at a position uh, they feel like it's an upgrade, they can grab a guy off there and throw him right on their 53, and, and then somebody else gets cut. Um, so, yeah, there's there, there's different categories. Like some of the guys the Bengals cut are not exposed to waivers, so they can just – I think that's where I get confused on it. Like, yeah, I don't no, understand. It's, oh, it's so confusing. If, if I can't think, I, I don't have it figured out. Trust me. But I just happened to, I just happened to find the right strain of stuff today. It's like, well, wait a minute. This guy is a free agent. Can do what he's not ex- exposed to waivers, but these guys are. Um, you know, the the safety they cut. Uh, Michael Thomas is a guy who will not be yeah. exposed to waivers. So. If he would rather re-sign with the Bengals, and it's foreign to me, too, that a 10-, 11-year veteran or whatever it is can be on the practice squad. Well, you know, it, it only a couple years ago, it was you weren't eligible. You had to only be no, – right, right. certain guys were only eligible to be I mean, on the practice squad. Um, you know, the NFL's got more money than God, so I, it does cost <laughs> them more money to do this, but it's the right thing to do, so these teams do have a stockpile – because injuries are a big part of the game. And, you know, those guys can still get signed to a 53-man roster all over the all right. over the uh, league. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the NFL has it right in this thing where they let you put veterans on there. I think you can get, like, maybe six of them or something on there that are just, you know, outright veterans that you can put on there, and they make a little more money than your standard practice squad guy. Um I think your standard guy gets like eleven and a half thousand a week or something that he's on there. Um, so it, it's very interesting, but I think this is good for the NFL. I think they did the right thing here because you know there's just so many injuries, and then you're grabbing guys off the streets that they have no idea what you do defensively or offensively, what your schemes and your game plans and, and your plays are and your language, and and it just really uh, helps the game. Um, it certainly helps the teams, the coaches. Um, I, I think it's the right thing to do to have that 16-man practice squad, which in the old days they called it the taxi squad. Well, now the baseball's taking that lingo. Yeah, yeah they did take that <laughs> lingo. And, you know, that was the right thing for them to do too, actually. I, I agree. Uh, it, it really was. It, it helps the game, and you're not just picking up some guy who's you know, working at a financial firm one day and then he comes in and has to learn your your defenses and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. and uh, it's good to have guys in-house that are being trained, that are working out, they're ready to go. It's just plug and play when you have an injury. So, um, and, and there's, it's, you know, 16 guys, that's a good stock of talent to have. Hell, that's so, available. They even put a quarterback on there. Uh, you know, Simeon may come back and be on that practice squad i'm not sure but let's hope not yeah i mean i i'm not sure you do want to have another quarterback around and i get it you know well, and i was going to ask you i'm i'm looking at the quarterback position and obviously you're you're set as long as joe burrow is healthy yep. um some weird questions coming out of the media today in regards to joe burrow and whether he was sitting out because of contract or any of that there's been weird omens from the stadium with the green lighting going on. People have theorized that that could be that they've been working on the contract and that's why the, sta- the stadium is being green. Uh, 
Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. It's a cesspool. George. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't know how often you're on Twitter, but it's, it's, a I peruse it. Yeah. I, I go through it. I, I, I'm not, I'm not one of those, you know, looking at my phone all the time, scrolling through. Um, but at night I'll kind of catch up on a couple things and maybe search a term or two of something I'm interested in sports related. You know, it may just be Bengals, just type Bengals and then you'll see what some Funny. of the latest scuttlebutt is. Do you want to think about green lights at the stadium though? Yeah, that was that was a thing that was happening this week. A couple That's of That's hilarious. Yeah. God dang. I mean, people read in there everything, don't they? Absolutely. They really do. Uh so I personally don't want to see Trevor Simeon come back. I'd rather they make a move for whether it be a, a rookie like a Max Duggan who's going to be available. Um, whether they bring in a guy like a Bailey Zappi who's going to be available. Um do you want them to make a move at that position or is that, do you feel comfortable with Browning at the two spot and Simeon potentially on the practice squad? Yeah. I mean, let's face it. If Burrow goes down, it's trouble no matter what. Um, there goes the season, right? Yeah, now. pretty much. Um, but I, I got to give Browning a lot of credit. I got to give that kid all the credit in the world to scramble the way he has, you know, on practice squads, kept getting better, kept showing up, kept doing what he's supposed to do. And he had a pretty darn good preseason for the Bengals. Um, looked pretty good, won that job outright, and, and God bless the Bengals for recognizing that and not just going with the guy who's got veteran NFL experience and feeling comfortable. They were able to say, you know what? This kid won the job. He earned it. Hadn't played in the NFL, but by golly, he's going to be our guy because he just showed us what he can do. So I give him credit for that. Um, but you got to have that third quarterback hanging around somewhere. Yeah. Um, and, and and if they take a flyer on one of the guys you said, if they're comfortable getting somebody like that up to speed. Jake Fromm, we just saw right. him. That there, there's another one. Yep. If if they're comfortable and, and like that, that, you know, what that guy has to offer better, sure, go for it. Go for it. Um I, I, you know, I, I'm just, I'm proud of Jake Browning to do what he did and, and, and get it done the way he did and go out there and perform and, and, you know, grind the way he did just to get this chance and to get this job. So, so that's really cool to see. Those are just little things that kind of catch my eye and, and, and it's easy to root for people like that. It really is. Um, but yeah, they're going to, they're going to have to have somebody stashed somewhere, but we'll see. We'll see which way they go. Um, you know, they they kind of they had Brandon Allen sticking around for a few years, yeah. got comfortable there, and 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 you know, I can see why he knew Zach's offense, he knew what he wanted, he knew what he demanded from the position, and, and was you know able to handle it somewhat competently. Um, and, and I I feel good about look I, their their ability to look and find talent and believe in it and be right has been pretty darn good over the past several years. It really has. Um, I, I don't know if it's just, I don't think it's just a matter of they were due and things are starting to work their way. I, I think it's just, they, they have found a way to judge talent, judge character and people that translates onto the football field and into the entire organization. Um, 
I give them credit. That's a that's a well tuned machine down there right now, and they're just moving and moving. They kept every draft pick this year. We'll see if that works out, but obviously they know what they're doing when it comes to judging talent. They they may have the youngest roster in the league now. They may have the youngest roster or close to it in the league after what they've done. And uh, if that's the case and you're a Super Bowl contender, wow, that, that's pretty strong. They've got to have problems with rosters. Definitely a good problem to have, at least uh, the way that the roster is currently built. Uh, you mentioned earlier you're nervous about the offensive line. Well, they kept 10 instead of nine. Yeah, they, I like that. They, they opted for the extra lineman over Trent Taylor. They yep. opted for the extra lineman over Stanley Morgan. Yep. They opted for the extra lineman over a Michael Thomas, as you mentioned earlier. Um, even a, a Raymond Johnson, a Jeffrey Gunter, some other names that flashed a little bit in the preseason. Um, I don't. What, what are you What are you feeling on the offensive line? Because you also have Lyle Collins, who's on the pup. And is yeah. eligible to come back in what four weeks? I think is he can he can. I don't know if he'll be ready then or not. Um, you know that was a late season injury. That's an injury that you know. I don't mean this to be disparaging, but the bigger you are, the harder it's probably to come back from that injury that way and be, you know, one. Not only that, but but if he comes back and he isn't a hundred percent, like once his pup eligibility runs up the Bengals may just cut bait because they don't lose a ton in cap space at that point. The way that oh, that's the, true. The way that the contract was built, he has to actually play in the games. Right. So, and if you have him dressing, but not actually starting, I don't know that I'd be spending the money on Lyle Collins comparatively to no, that's the a other good guys point. that you have. That's a, very, that's a very valid point. Um, and, and we'll see, you know, we'll see how Jonah does a right tackle too. And, and if he anchors that down well and does well, sure. You know what? Then, then, yeah. What? Uh, I mean, you're talking about a former first round pick there, who, who's got some talent. May not have been, you know, this this may be a blessing for him because he was balking at first. It seemed like about making yeah. that move the right tackle. Yeah. And then shows up. Okay, I'll give it a go. This could be, this could be a good thing for his career. Well, obviously, you want you want the left tackle money, right? If if it's if it's up to you oh, as yeah, a player, absolutely. you want the left tackle money, not but the right tackle money. He's going to get that based on the play. That's a good that point. Ball. I don't I agree. Know. Right. I I think this could work out for him. Um, hopefully, it does because if it does, it works out for the Bengals. And then I don't. And, and I look as long as you got those guys that they have now starting uh, healthy, you're fine. Um, and, and they were fine last year. It started off shaky. You remember that beginning of the year last year. I don't know what was going on. It looked like they couldn't block anyone the first couple they, of games. They didn't play together. It was a you have to remember that was a brand know, new offensive true. line, and none of them played together in the preseason. And they I'm gonna tell you something I was wrong about. I, I was wrong in that I didn't I didn't have a big problem with that because it's like they're veterans, you know. Karras is a veteran, Cap is a veteran, Collins is a veteran. Those guys, you can take them out on the field, let them run together for one afternoon, and they're going to have it, right? Well, apparently mm -hmm. wrong. <laughs> apparently <laughs> wrong. I I thought they would be able to like come together and do it fairly quickly because of their veteran being veterans, but it did take them a while to get that thing going. And Collins, in his defense, 
was still hurt with that back injury coming out of camp. Um, he wasn't as well off as they would have liked, but he was better than what they had. So they put him out there and, and he started and did what he could. And God bless him for, for doing the best he could, but it obviously wasn't working either, but they got that straightened out. And, and I think now with those guys in there, that's got the makings for a darn good line. I mean, you, you take that line and, and, and Vincent played well as a rookie. Now you got Orlando Brown thrown in there at left tackle. I mean, my God, um, they've got the makings for a really good offensive line. And, and I feel good that they have that depth too, because quite honestly, that line stays together last year and those guys don't get injured late in the season. They're probably back in the Super Bowl. I really believe that. Yeah. Well, a couple calls go a couple different ways. You can, Play shoulda, coulda, woulda all day. But yeah, I know, I know, I know. But that's that's uh, that's why that depth is important. And boy, it got tested last year, man. They really were just, whew, they were flipping coins there late in the season and going into the playoffs, and and did the best they could. They really, you know, actually the line played well up at Buffalo. Uh, a lot of people thought that was just because of the conditions and the snow, and you know, the the pass rush wasn't able to get off as well. I don't know about all that. I thought they just I, – I thought they played well. But then you go to Kansas City and you're out there with all that noise and, and Chris Jones breathing down your neck. That, that's a different animal. Look, if he's if he's out all season on this, I don't want to play because I want to be – I'm totally fine I'm with cool it. with that too. Totally that's fine right. with it. That's right. It's so funny. I, I just saw the uh, quarterbacks, the Netflix quarterback series. I was yeah. watching that. I just saw the Super Bowl thing the other night, and 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 he was talking to Mahomes after the game. Ah, we'll do it again, uh, so we'll see. It was kind of interesting. We will see. Uh, defense. I don't think there were a ton of surprises here on on defense. Uh, Joe Bocci gets another shot uh, last yeah. year. His shot ran a little short because of the injury. Um, Tufeli, is that how you say his name? Uh, Jay Tufeli. Yeah. Uh, uh, he gets the the nod there. Um, I guess you could call that a surprise. I think that you probably were just looking at depth at defensive tackle, if you ask me. Right. Um, he's, but he's done okay for them. And Tupo's very well. I, I don't know that there's a ton of surprises here on the defense as far as, as cuts go outside of maybe Michael Thomas. Yeah, and I, can't, I tell you what, Tyson Anderson, man, I mean – uh, even last year, you know, before he got hurt, he looked pretty darn good. And, 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 and he played well this year. He had the two picks in the Packers game. Um, I, I, I was kind of a fan of his last year before he got, I think it was hurt the preseason. Um, and, and then watching him again this year, I thought, man, that I don't want to have to make that call, but they didn't want to send that guy out on the streets because, he would have gotten snapped up for sure by somebody. I mean, that's a young guy that's showing some serious talent, uh, showing a nose for the ball. He's got speed. I, I like that kid. Um, that's a tough one for them. But um, Thomas acts like he's ready to come back and be on that practice squad and help any way he can. In fact, um, I read he, he, he gave Tyson his, his jersey number after the game on in Washington the other night. That's an interesting it. Kind of almost like a passing of the torch thing. Yeah, that's that's an interesting little tidbit. I did not know that. Yeah, um, I'm I'm excited about the secondary. I, 
when you lose both your starting safeties in the offseason and you fill in with uh, Dex Hill and Nick Scott yep. as, as your starters there. You have Wouzier coming back. You have Cam Taylor Britt, who I think is going to be a star. Oh, every yeah. Time. He, he's looked nothing but good. Tackling, um, coverage. I mean, he's got the whole package, it looks like. I, I just I think that this defense, I know – I. I know it's Madden. Don't forget but Mike Hilton, too. That guy's played really yeah. well for them. I know it's Madden. Madden only has them rated as an 89, so I'm a little homer uh, on on and a little bullish on this defense. Uh, but I don't I don't know that this isn't a 90-plus if you're giving it a, a number rating. I don't know this isn't a 90-plus defense. Well, we talk about things getting disrespected. This defense never gets talked about. I mean, they really, they don't. They just go out there and do the job. Um, and I'm okay with that because it means that Lou is still here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you, Arizona, for not hiring that guy. <laughs> right, way. which I is mean, a, my Arizona's God. a shit show. Yeah, it is. You're right. <laughs> it, it totally is. And, and I'll tell you what, I'm in a way I'm happy for him that he didn't yeah. step into that mess too. Yeah, uh, I know he wants a shot, and and he probably deserves a shot. But, but the Bengals able to have that continuity of head coach, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, special teams coordinator, all these years running while they're having this success is unbelievable. And, and I got to think another big year, and that defense plays as well as you expect, and I think they'll have a good year too. I think they're underrated. I, I, I don't understand. I, I know you look at Cincinnati, and it's Burrow throwing the chase and Higgins and Boyd and – you know, all this other stuff going on with the offense. But daggone, that defense is darn good. And maybe that's part of the reason it gets overshadowed. But um, I tell you, if they have another good year, it, it, I don't want Lou to go. But by golly, if somebody deserves a head coaching job in this league right now, it's that dude. I mean, he has done nothing but pull the right string time after time after time with what they do on this defense, the, the Super Bowl run. And it, it was so it, – it's like any time during that Super Bowl run and even in the playoffs we saw it, um, they need a big play. They need a turnover. They need – that defense came up with it. You look at the end of the Raiders game when they're driving down the field, they're in the red zone, and Pratt gets that pick. You go to Kansas City and, and they go to overtime and they get that pick. I mean, just time – heck, they got the turnover in Tennessee too. It's like every time – they needed a big play out of that defense. They got it. It, it. it was a that was an amazing run for that defense, and they didn't get a lot of credit for that. Um, and and quite honestly, they were pretty darn good last year too. And I'm on your train. I think that defense is going to be pretty good. Uh, in the chat, which team in the AFC North do you see as the biggest threat to the Bengals this year? You know what I'm going to say. I think the Steelers might surprise them. Oh, you're going to say it. <laughs> I think Pickett might make the second-year leap. Um, they're quietly doing some good things. Um, I don't think it's going to be Cleveland. I don't know what's going to happen up there. And They don't either. You know, I mean, I know I just had a fantasy draft where I ended up with a couple of Baltimore players again that I didn't really want, but I just had to because – it made the most sense at the time, but I don't know. I, I don't, to me, 
you know, Harbaugh's done a good job there and all that, but that team, something last year started with the whole Lamar Jackson situation. It just didn't feel right. And what happened with him, and I know they think they fixed that situation, but, you know, when he didn't even show up for that game here in Cincinnati, I just thought there's just something not right about that whole deal. And, and we'll see. I could be wrong. They could end up being the 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 you know the biggest issue for the Bengals, but I'm going to say the Steelers. I think they've quietly done some good things. We know what that coach does up there. Somehow, you know, for a while there, he was doing it with smoke and mirrors. Um, <laughs> so the season might still be smoke and mirrors, truthfully. But yeah, we'll exactly, exactly. And so, you know, I think Pickett might make that leap in the second year and. Uh, you know, he looked good in the, in the preseason, so we'll see. Do I think they're better than the Bengals? No, but I think that's the team that would give them the run. Fair enough. Um, I don't have anything left on the Bengals unless you have any other points you wanted to make. No, I'm just excited to see them get going. And I, I boy, I mean, I expect them to go up to Cleveland and clean house, actually. I mean, I shouldn't say that. That's just too that, – that's – it doesn't work that way in the NFL. Every game comes down to a couple of plays. doesn't work that way in the AFC North. The AFC no, North is no, crazy. It doesn't. it doesn't. But I, I, I'm I, expecting a lot, like a lot of people expecting a lot. I just saw today, um, NFL Network, uh, a guy has them going 14-3, and three, starting the season 13-1. and one. Now, I, I'm not going that far. But I think they're going to be in the mix for that home field advantage in the playoffs, that number one seed. So that's all I got on that. But uh, they are only a two-point favorite in that game in Cleveland right now. Unbelievable. Well, because you don't know, you don't know if Joe's back. If, if Joe's not back, though, I understand it. Like that, yeah. that, that line makes sense if Joe's not I, I, so. I will be absolutely shocked if he's not back. I mean, I think it's just – you know, and it's not like last year where he's coming back. It was the appendectomy last year, right? Is that right. what it was? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, then, and then he had to put weight back on. Uh, that that wasn't happening with this injury. He was able to still do a lot of stuff. Um, you know, it wasn't like he's recovering from surgery or any of that. So I think he'll be ready to go, you know, with the first snap. Um, and And I think we'll see the good old Joe out there in Cleveland. So George says, hammer that minus two while you can. <laughs> There's a reason I don't bet many football games anymore, okay? <laughs> that gives you a hint how I was at picking these lines. All right. Um, and switching gears one more time, the Cincinnati Reds, actually, they just – they're I think they're still in the first inning here. Oh, yeah, they did just start. Yep. They, uh, they have – it's been a little little rough of late. Um, ever since the All-Star break, in my opinion, this team's been a little different. I yeah. I oftentimes find myself hating the All-Star break because I feel like this happens um, to a lot of hot teams where they have that, that five days off or whatever it is at this point, and just something is off afterwards. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds have been a prime example of that this season. The last 10 games, they are four and six. This uh, road trip out to the West Coast has not been kind, nope. as is pretty traditional at this point for the Cincinnati Reds. Um, death taxes and the Reds struggling out on the yeah. West Coast. Um, right now, they're seven games back in the Central. And for the wild card, they're currently sitting 
one and a half games back um, behind San Francisco, who is half a game back, and Arizona, who's currently in. Shocker. Uh, yep. Matt McClain goes down, we found yep. out, uh, with the uh, oblique strain, I believe. Correct, yeah. And uh, currently on the 10-day IL, not, a, not good, not good. No, they're leaking oil. They're leaking oil bad right now. And, um, you know, they had a chance to really, really put a stamp on this, you know, chase for a wild card on this trip. And it just went the other way. Uh, pitching, man, starting pitching. And, you know, you cut Luke Weaver and then you find out Lodolo may not pitch all year, which he won't now, I'm sure. Um they they did nothing to shore that up other than stand pat. I I know teams were going to hold him up at the deadline. Um, I wish there would have been something they could have done to get a guy or two to eat some so, innings. So I see I see your point there, and I'm going to raise you what's been all of the hullabaloo on Twitter today, which is the fact that the Angels. Um, the guy that they picked up from the White Sox. Um, oh yeah, at, at the deadline, Giolito. Uh, Giolito. Uh, they they've made him available on waivers, and Cincinnati would have a waiver pick above many of these teams that they are behind because they are behind. So you have an opportunity potentially to go after him and pay what is left of his salary this season. And, which and, and that's a no brainer to me. I mean, that's just. Um, a- unless you're not trying to spend money, so we're going to find out if they're actually they got, serious. Well, with this payroll, they've got money to spend. I'm telling I you agree. Right now, if they don't go out and get a couple hammers this offseason, whether it's by trade, whether it's by free agency, whatever, they've got a lot of guys on very, 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 very club-friendly deals yeah. that they have control of. Right. Minimum. The whole roster. The whole roster. Joey comes off your books. Correct. The whole damn roster. Exactly. And I haven't been, you know, one of those leading the charge that this ownership group, and look, they, they've had a bad run. And they've brought on all the grief they've gotten, or a lot of it. Um, but they've got to do something this offseason that gets that pitching fix. And it's not just praying to God that Hunter Green gets better, Lodolo comes back strong, and Ashcraft, you know, continues to do what he can do and Abbott and Williamson feel that they've got to get a veteran or two, I would say two. Um, they got to get some guys to do what, now I'm, I'm going to get crucified for this, but but when they brought in Trevor Bauer and had yeah. Sonny Gray, they need guys like that that know how to freaking pitch. That's what you need. You can't, you know, you can't. DJ does a great job. I, I respect him a lot. He's going to know more about pitching than, you know, I couldn't expect to know in 10 lifetimes, but they they have got to fix this. They've got great talent now. They've got, they've got talent all over that field. Um, Scoring runs is not the issue for this team, although it has been in August. I mean, they've lost a lot of games where they've scored three or less runs, but but you're relying on a bunch of young guys and look, they all have talent. McLean's got talent. De La Cruz has talent. Steer's a keeper. We'll see about Marte and Encarnacion Strand, but by golly, they've got enough guys. Benson's a keeper. Benson's a keeper. I mean, he's fulfilling that promise 
former first-round pick of the Indians, who actually, you know, outside of maybe a eh, batting average in the Cleveland system, but all of the rest of his numbers were pretty darn good when he was healthy, and he showed a lot of promise. And 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 now that he stayed healthy and, and got a chance to play, um, he's getting it done. So, look, they got to go out, get a hammer or two, I would say two, and if that means you got to wheel one of these young pitchers, you wheel one of these young pitchers. You know what I mean? You can't have five first and second year guys and expect you're going to go to the playoffs that are in your rotation. And I, God knows what they're going to do the rest of this season, who they're going to throw out there. I mean, because I don't know if, if Abbott's hitting a wall. There's a lot of talk about that because he's 20-some innings now above anything he's thrown before. Uh, Brandon Williamson's getting close to where he's – you know, more innings than he's ever thrown. And he tried not to go, what, 30 above the season before on a young guy. Um, I don't know who they're going to have out there. They'll bring up that dude that pitched for the the Ducks, um, the Kennedy guy that pitched, and he pitched for the Long Island Brian, Ducks this year. Brian Kennedy? Is that yeah, he was, he was good for them when he came up. Um, you know, and, and I don't know if they'll bring, maybe they'll bring Connor Phillips up. I, I don't know what his inning situation is. I haven't look that far into it but they they're running out of pitching and and they didn't was, have a lot to begin with i was upset they didn't make a run at dallas keichel yeah i think right now you could even kick the tires on a nowhere Syndergaard. it's not right. going to be it's not going to be worse than what you have currently oh maybe no, you wait that's... until you wait until i i wouldn't want to pay necessarily what his contract currently is for even for the rest of the season i i don't know that he'd necessarily be worth that if you can sign him to a different contract and not eat whatever is due him the rest of the season. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think at that this point you're looking at a month of that or whatever the heck. Right. Sure. You know what I mean, I, but I, I guess I'm still, I'll be, I'll be upset if they had a waiver claim over a team that ends up with Giolito, if they didn't right. make a run at that, there's another guy, if for no other reason, just to, allow your bullpen a chance to breathe right because exactly the bullpen has been the bullpen has been a godsend this season they, they're i don't know they, where they, they came from that with chewing gum and kite string man i mean they really have <laughs> I mean, you know you got Cruz pitching the way he's been pitching lately yeah and uh yeah and those guys are just getting gassed all the time they're out there I mean I, it seems like every time i look up lucas sims is in the game and if it's not him it's jabot and it's just like Buck Farmer. Buck Far. Oh, Buck Farmer. Yeah, he's always out there. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm like, we'll get off this podcast, and I'll expect to see him on the television. In there, probably. Game. Honestly, but it just it never. They they really set themselves up for failure with with. And, and, and I will say this though: beginning of the year, I thought the only way they would compete, and, and this is funny, the only way they compete is if those big three were those big three: Green, Lodolo, Ashcraft. If they carried the team, two of them, they haven't had most of the season, Lodolo and Green, um, and yet look where they were. They were in the race. Um, yeah. You know. Because uh, so, of the bullpen. Yeah. Well, they, they've got it. They've got to they've got to get this thing right. And, and to me, uh, they also have to get Hunter Green right. Look, there's a lot of talent there. We know how electric his arm is, but you mm -hmm. can't throw a, a ball – 101 miles an hour that just goes straight as an arrow. I don't know if there's a grip different. I, I don't know what you do. 
there's got to be something to make that ball run a little bit, right? Yeah, like Cowboy like, says, like like Cowboy says, it was right down Broadway, yeah, exactly. right out over the wall. Like, oh my God, it's been batting practice since he came back from that hip injury, and and I feel bad for the kid, um, but but they've got to figure that out. Um, we know what and. Who knows? Maybe they run off 12 in a row after we sit here and bash them and they're back in this thing. But um, be great with that. I, I, I think it's going to be really hard without McLean in that lineup, but you just never know. The baseball's a strange game. Um, you know, that year the Rockies made that run. Somebody, somebody made a hell of a run last year. I can't even remember now, but it's just you never know uh, when a team starts reeling them off. They can get back in it in a hurry, but I don't expect it. But, uh, you know, if you're a diehard Reds fan, you can hope, but I just don't think the pitching's there. I just don't see how. Well, and this team's – I mean, they've they've raised expectations on their own. That, that's their fault that we're actually believing yeah. in them. <laughs> that's, yeah. they, they're, they're, they're two years – they're it's, two years ahead of the plan. It, oh, totally. It's, it's, it's been fun to watch. I mean, watching these kids come yeah. up and do what they've done has been fantastic, and – I felt like all alone when they were stacking this talent last year at the deadline, when they made those deals on it's like, okay, don't expect anything next year, 2024. That's when they should be able to compete. Um, now they do have it right in front of them. They got to have a good off season and get some pitching in here. And if they don't, it's, you know, malpractice times 10 because uh, it's right there for them. It's not, it's not hard to figure out. With McLean going to the IL, do you bring Jose Barrero up? I don't know what else you do. I mean, why I think, not? I think you have to. I yeah. think you have to. Unless why you can not? pick some unless you can pick somebody up who is proven off of waivers. Right. And you plan on spending money. We'll see. I'm not holding my breath on that, but no, no, um, I'm not no 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 not based on <laughs> no. No, but yeah, yeah, get him up here, you know, who knows? Maybe he catches fire and he's worth something in the offseason, but I doubt it. Do you think we see Jonathan India back this year? I, I say it's very unlikely. I agree. Very unlikely. I mean, if they got in the mix down there the last couple of weeks and he's really healthy, okay. But otherwise, yeah, there's just – I doubt it. How much do you think that made a difference for them? Because, you know – Huge. Talent, you're right, exactly. Talent-wise and all that, these kids came up, they were hot and stuff. But that guy is certainly a, a big part – of what was right with this team. Yeah. I, well, yeah. and and then you have him going out and seeking a second opinion outside of the right. team's doctor. That's right. concerning. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So I don't know. I don't know if Jonathan India has worn a Reds jersey for the last time. I don't know if we'll see him before the end of the season. There's a lot of question marks around young Jonathan India. Yeah, there is. There is a lot. I mean, I, I, I see both sides of this. And I, I mean, my God, he was the guy that got this thing going back in spring training, telling these guys we're not yeah. going to take it. We're going to go out and we're going to make some noise. And, you know, once they got past April and things started, I mean, he really was stirring that drink every night, one way or the other, whether he was in the game or not. He's in that dugout, you know, getting everybody stirred up. Excited for everybody. I, I, I just I, I think the world of that guy and what he's done this year. Um, and I, I really, really wish he hadn't gotten hurt. 
Um, well, you bring up him being a difference maker. I think that – I know the knock on him is that he doesn't play a good second base defensively. Correct. But I don't know that what I've seen thus far of Ellie De La Cruz is that I like him at shortstop over Matt McClain. So, ideally, you would have had – Ellie at third, where I thought he actually played outstanding. Yeah, he did play by, well there. By comparison to shortstop, you have McLean at short. You have India back at second. I don't know that Spencer Steer, I love that he can play everywhere. Right. I, I think he, he may end up being a better Kyle Farmer than Kyle Farmer was. Sorry for all the <laughs> farmer, farmer fanatics, but um, right. I love that he, he can plug and play pretty much anywhere. On yeah, the he's field a baseball player. I mean, that dude's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, but – I don't know. I I think that if India was healthy, was here, I think that that changes the whole outlook on this team. Marte has struggled. Maybe you don't have to keep him up, and he can go back down, fine-tune some of his mechanics a little bit, at least as far as hitting the ball goes. Right. I don't it's, know. It's, it's interesting because not every guy can come up and play at this level and have immediate success and not miss a beat or take a step back. And I know sure. the Reds were really – really second-guessing themselves on Barrera when they brought him up and they yeah. started struggling. And they're like, my God, this kid was all world. Did we ruin him? And, and so he's back having, at it now. Yeah. They started having second thoughts about bringing these other guys up, and people are like, why aren't they bringing this guy up? Why aren't they? Well, that's why they weren't. And then they did. They succeeded. So then I think they got a little more comfortable in bringing everybody up and – now you wonder if they brought up too many of them. I don't know, but uh, Marte's going to be good. I mean, he he just looks yeah. the part to me. Um, he's got a little bit to do, you know, defensively. I think there's been some little bit of shakiness, but uh, by no means do you make a judgment based on, you know, what we've right. seen in, in a short period of time. Um, Joey Votto, does he come back this season? I doubt it. Have I, we I, seen I, Joey I Votto? For the last time. Probably. I, I think for him to shut it down and as much as he knows what's going on and he right. knows this might be it, I don't think he ever I, – I just – I think if he had anything left in the tank, he would still be giving it a go. And maybe he thinks a few weeks off and maybe he will be back. I, I don't know. I hope for his sake he is. I really do. I would hate to see it in that way for him because I don't see how you have him on the roster next year. I just don't. I agree. Don't. I mean, there's there's just no way to do it. You can't pay him the $25 million. You pay the seven buyout. Maybe he plays for that. But even if he does, is, do you want to have that in the way of this youth movement and everything else, you know, trending the other direction? I, I, I don't know how you do it. And, and – that's sad to say because of what he's meant to some of these young guys and and what he's meant to this franchise and 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 the fans over the years. But um, you know, at some point, you just got to move on. And the Reds are probably, in my opinion, they're at that point. <sighs> it's it's going to be a hard one. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably shed a tear when he hangs him up. And if he ends up playing for another team, I, I think that. I may hurt just as bad. Yeah, I I don't know that he would. It, it's I don't real, either. He's he's talked at length about how much it means to him to spend his whole career with one franchise and, right. and you know because 
look, he's given it a go. He's at an age now where that that's tough. That's a grind. 162 games playing baseball, doing it, and 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 for him, I, I was worried about him coming back at all this year. After that was a very serious shoulder deal he had, and and two thumbs up to him and everything else for grinding his way back and, and getting to where he could play again and, and be productive and, and hit home runs and help the team. Um, that, that's, that's tough. I mean, you're taught, it would have been so easy for him last year after that surgery and just been, you know what? It's been a great career and it has, I don't need to go through this. Do I need to go through this for maybe something that doesn't work out? And and maybe I'm a revealing a little bit about myself here. <laughs> the golf course, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. a lot to put into that rehab and all that. And Lord knows I've done enough rehab this year with knees and necks and everything else. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I just I, looked it up. He's going to be 40 on September 10th. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a hell of a career. It's a hell of a run. Um, and I, I don't know how much, I mean, look for your everyday person, he's still an elite athlete, right? Yeah, but absolutely. playing the major leagues, 162 games a year with a bunch of 23 year olds, whoo, that's another animal. And, um, gosh, I, I just, that, that, that's, that's, that's a tough one to see him playing more after this season. It really is. So, um, who do they have after uh, the Giants? Do the Cubs come in? I'm checking right now. I think no, Friday they, they got that. Is it Friday? Yes. Day night doubleheader. Uh, Friday is 110 and 640. And then uh, Saturday at 640 again. And Sunday at 1210. They are hosting the Cubs before uh, the Seattle Mariners get to town after that. And um, we'll be back here in the middle of that series. Maybe we can talk about Luis Castillo or something. Maybe we can talk about that they rattled off some wins that we did not see coming. Exactly. Six I'll be, in a row. I'll be totally good with that. But well, they, uh, That would be fun. Yeah. Hell yeah. Because they're against teams that matter between the Giants and the Cubs. Absolutely. But then I think about what they're going to be throwing out on the mound, and Aaron, I just don't see it. <laughs> see, you took it. You took it the other way. I know. Uh, I don't want to end on a downer. Six games winning streak. That's everything I got as far as uh, Bearcats, Bengals, and Reds. I know there was some other stuff that you had talked about potentially wanting to get to. Yeah, but it's just um, I, I was excited about high school football kicking off in this town, um, which is a big deal. Um, and there's some games coming up this week, and nothing, nothing major. I tell you, I tell you one that intrigues me: Lakota West Fairfield. Both have started zero and two. Lakota West is loaded. Now they lost a lot on offense. They lost their quarterback uh, okay. from last year, uh, Mitch Bolden, the coach's son. But they play Muller at East Central. East Central coming off state championship. Muller with a new coach. Can East Central do it again? I don't know. And then over here. Cubcalf knocked off Highlands. The Colonel's playing Simon Kenton this week. Um, that should be a fun game. I also think over here, Beachwood and Dixie playing should be a fun game. And, of course, Chad would kill me if I don't bring up his Lloyd juggernaut. Um, the Jug's off to a good start, so uh, hopefully they keep it going. Kicking ass.
I'm Beat up on New Camp and Boone County? Let's I'm go! <laughs> Let's go! I'm glad you jumped in on that. You got a running back that ran for like a thousand yards last week. So um my my best friend is like, hey, let's uh let's go to the game Friday night. They redid the stadium, they redid the turf, they got new uh press box. Like, I'm fired up about you should go. I, I, I might head out Friday night after uh, I might head out Friday night. I got radio for Mo, so maybe I'll head head to yeah, uh Cecil Cecil D's Memorial Stadium. That's right. That's juggernauts. That's right. Right off I-75, baby. I'm going to head to Ludlow and see the red turf. Have you heard about that? I've heard. I've heard. Yeah. I was going to go to the opener. They had the opener a couple weeks ago on the red turf, first game there, and somebody got COVID. So I couldn't go. (laughs) (laughs) Remember the last time I was on with you guys and I had that? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm kind of, my voice was like weird. That was yeah. COVID. Apparently, that was the beginning of it. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I know. I know. Oh, so I'll make God. it down to Ludlow. This. So that's all I got. FC Cincinnati won again. They, they're running away with this Eastern Conference. And I know, Aaron, that's that's uh, something you're keeping an eye on. And, and uh, they played them. Listen, I went to Northwest High School over on the west side, and they they have not really made noise maybe ever <laughs> northwest has not uh, right. not, not since not since i was well, a, they had a that weird rule though right like all the football players went to colrain it was like the northwest school district it wasn't it wasn't a rule that was just what happened that's yeah 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 not, i we, mean it was an open it was it like open enrollment like you we choose? like to call that recruiting okay. <laughs> at northwest high school <laughs> Well, you need to talk to Coach Combs about that because I think he started that. <laughs> well, that wouldn't surprise me at all. <laughs> hey, it worked. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I think I think 2001, we were actually not terrible. Um, I think they were 9-1 and one that year. Um, I think we even had a receiver that set a state record or something, Mark Burr, um, way back in the day. There's been some players come out of there. I'm trying to remember. There was some. There was a. There was a linebacker that played for the Bengals. Um, Preston Brown. Thank you. Yep. Yes. Not too long ago. So. Right. Anyway. Was um, unless you got any. Was committed to UC and then decommitted and went to Louisville. You're you're not bitter or anything. Right. Right. That's right. Well, do you have anything else then, George? Good family, though. Good family. What? You have anything else tonight? Nope, I'm good, man. All I'm right. going to go watch the Red Legs start that winning streak we talked about. <laughs> well, with that, uh, that is your very first episode of George in the Jungle. Hope you enjoyed. Join us next Tuesday at 9 p.m. And we're going to do it all over again, talking all of your Cincinnati sports. Thanks to George for getting this thing together. I appreciate it. Enjoyed working with you tonight. Looking forward to seeing how this thing develops. And uh, we will see you back here on the Bearcat Journal Network. See you Tuesday. Bye-bye. See you!